Good morning. Today is Friday, November 19th, 2021. What I want to share with you this morning is from Rabbi Avraham Cook, first Ashkenazi chief rabbi of Israel. And it explains an obscure, subtle discrepancy in our Parsha. It also addresses a thorny theological problem in how we serve God. And it expresses not just an idea of Rav Cook, it expresses the essential character of Rav Cook's life as a Jew and as a leader. It is an insight into his personality and into the goals of his life. In our parsha this week, Vayishlach, after Yaakov goes through wrestling with the angel, the confrontation with Esav, the terrible, terrible tragedy of what happens to his daughter Dina and the aftermath of that terrible event. After all that happens, the Torah says, Yaakov says to his family, Let's now go to Beit El. That's a place a little bit north of Yerushalayim. And I will make there an altar to the God, to God, who answered me on the day of my distress. And God has been with me all along this journey that I have been traveling. So I want to go to pray to God. I want to build an altar, a mezbeach, and I want to offer and serve God in this place, Betel. And they went there. Yaakov built an altar there. And he called the place Kale Beit El Kisham Niglu a love Huelakim Bevarchobimneakiv because that's the place that God had revealed himself to Yaakov years earlier when Yaakov was about to was running away from home, running away from Asav. That is where Yaakov rested that night and had the dream of the ladder. And God appeared to him and made this promise to him: I'm gonna protect you. And at that earlier time, Yaakov had said the following. Vayash came Yaakov Aboker after that night back in the parsha of Vayetze, where Yaakov was running away from home, running away from Esav towards Lavan. And during the nighttime, he has this dream of the ladder, which we discussed several times. Vayash came Yaakov Aboker. Yaakov wakes up in the morning. Vayikaches ha'even asher sam me'rashosav. And he takes the stone that he had placed under his head. Vayosem osa matseva. He sets it up as a matseva, a monument. We use the word matseva today to refer to a memorial monument. But a matseva just means a stone monument. Vayitzok Shemen Arosha, and he poured oil over it as an offering. That is, he used it as an object with which to serve God using this matseva, using this monument. 
Vayikra Hashem HaMakom Hahu Beit El. And he called the name of this place Beit El. Vayidar Yaakov Neder Lemor. And Yaakov swore an oath. Im Yelakim Imadi. If God will be with me. Ushmarani Baderach Hazer Asher Anochi Halech. And God will protect me along the path, the journey that I'm going. And God will give me at least bread to eat and clothing to wear. And bring me back to Israel, no matter how long I have to be outside of Israel. But God will bring me back to Israel in peace. God will be for me a God. And this monument, that I have erected to serve God now, that I have made into a matseva, a monument to serve God, will become a place of God, and I will return to this place and serve God again in this place if everything works out okay. So, in our parsha, 22 years later, everything has worked out basically okay. Yaakov has gone through all these vicissitudes of life. He's gone through this entire journey. He's come back, and now he comes back to the same spot. Comes back to the same spot, and he fulfills his earlier promise to serve God in this place called Beitel. Okay. What's curious, observes Rav Kook, is one tiny discrepancy. If you're not looking for it, it's very, very easy to miss it. Earlier, when Yaakov is running away, the way that he serves God at Betel is by erecting a matseva, a monument. Years later, when he comes back, after all the experiences in our parsha, he comes back to the same place to fulfill his promise to serve God in the same place. He does not erect a matseva, he erects a mizbeach, an altar. Also stone, also a small edifice used for serving God, worshiping God. But there is a shift from the Matseva worship to the Mizveach worship. What's going on with that? And in fact, this is a highly troubling concept because the Torah says later on in the book of Dvarim, that we are not allowed to serve God with a matseva. Now, again, I don't mean the kind of matseva memorial stone, of course, where we put up a stone in memory of someone in a cemetery. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But to erect a matseva, to use as an object to worship God, that's prohibited. Well, how is it possible that Yaakov did it when he was running away the first time? He set up a matzeva. God didn't say, don't do it. There doesn't, doesn't seem to have been anything wrong with it. And now, by the end of the Torah and the book of Devarim, we have a prohibition. We're not allowed to serve God with a matzeva. 
And our sages say something that's, it's, it's, it's a little hard to understand. Our sages say that serving God with a matseva was beloved by God at the time of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, but it was abhorred by God in the time of their descendants. God changed his mind. How can a way of serving God, God who is above time, outside of time, how can a way that God wants to be served become hated by God? How does that, how does that work? How does that, how does that happen to a God who is outside of time? So Rav Kook has a discussion of the symbolic nature of these two edifices. A matseva, a stone, and a mizbeach, an altar. And he explains a matseva is a single stone. Just like, for example, what we usually see in the cemetery, a memorial uh, monument is usually a single stone that is standing with engraving and whatever it has. But a matseva to serve God was you would set up a stone and you would offer an offering on it or you would somehow worship God at that spot. A mizbeach, an altar, is an edifice that is very similar but it is made out of multiple stones. Multiple stones that are built one on the other, creating an altar. The switch from the transition from Matseva to Mizbeach, explains Rav Kook, is a shift in paradigm from the way God was served during the time of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, transitioned to a completely different way that God would be served by their descendants, by us. And the reason for the switch in paradigm is as follows. During the lifetime of Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov, each of them had their own unique way of serving God. And we've discussed this before. Avraham initiated and excelled in this idea of serving God by serving human beings, by showing hospitality and kindness. That's how Avraham served God. Yitzchak served God through submission the way he submitted to the Akeda, the binding of Isaac. That was his way of submitting, of serving God through submission and awe. Yaakov, our sages tell us, served God through the study of Torah. Yosheva Holim, he was the one who dwelt in the tents of intellectual and philosophical study. That was his way of serving God. Each of those ways 
was appropriate for that person and that time. So that in the time of Avram, there was one main way to serve God. Time of Yitzchak, there was another main primary way to serve God. In the time of Yaakov, there was one main primary way to serve God. And the metaphor for this period in history is a matseva. Matseva is a single stone, meaning there's one way to serve God. During the time of Avram, one way. During the time of Yitzchak, during the time of Yaakov, there was one way. This is how we serve God. And therefore, there is this singularity to how God is to be served, represented by the Matseva, a single stone. 22 years later, Yaakov returns to the same spot where he had earlier set up a Matseva, but now he comes with 12 sons, with a whole family. Now, there is no longer a single spiritual pathfinder for the generation. This is the beginning of a new era. This is the beginning of the era where there are multiple paths to serve God. Among Yaakov's children, each one of them had a different personality, a different characteristic, and a different way of serving God. And together they fulfilled a common national goal. But each of them had their own path. This was the first time in history this had ever happened, that there were multiple paths, simultaneous multiple paths all directed towards serving God. And this was necessary. And this became the norm from that time until ours. Because the Jewish nation requires a variety of talents, a variety of strengths, a variety of characteristics. There is no one way of serving God like there was during the time of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. No. Multiple paths. And therefore, Yaakov recognized that the way that he had to serve God now was no longer with a matseva. The Torah will forbid serving God with a matseva because it would imply that there is only one way to serve God and that no longer exists. Yaakov understood now he had to build a Mizbeach. He had to build an altar created of multiple stones. Each one represented a different stream, a different path, a different custom in how to serve God. Of course, joined together into one edifice, serving one God, one goal, one purpose, but from different points of view. And if we look at the life of Yaakov, the overriding goal of Yaakov's life at this moment shifts because for the rest of his life, the predominant theme of Yaakov's life is 
Well, now that we have not one way to serve God, but 12 different ways to serve God, now that we have not one patriarch, but 12 tribes of Israel, how do we keep them connected? How do we make sure that no one thinks that they are better than the other? That their way is more important or beloved to God than the other? How do we keep the connection that they all realize that only all together are they serving God? And of course, we see that this effort starts off with spectacular failure in a disunion of Yaakov's sons with the problems with Yosef in particular. But this is the theme for the rest of Yaakov's life. And ultimately, he is successful in bringing about a rapprochement among all of his children so that by the end of Bereshis, the book of Bereshis, and by the beginning of the book of Shemos, the Torah is able to refer to the entire family of Yaakov as Shivim Nefesh, 70, you'd expect it to say 70 souls, Shivim Nefesh, singular, 70 soul. 70 different personalities, different strengths, different abilities, one soul, serving one God with one goal, one purpose. That's what Yaakov was able to accomplish by the end of his life. It's a tremendously relevant lesson for us because we live today under this paradigm. And it is necessary for us to recognize, as Yaakov had to recognize within each of his sons, that it's only the externals that separate us. Our language, our custom, our place of origin, our vocabulary, our accent, those are all externals. They're different. Our path in serving God, those are all different, but those are externals. They separate us. But we are united as a Mizbeach in all joining together to serve God. We don't serve God today with an altar. We do not have an altar today. But the service of God through an altar, as Rav Cook is explaining, remains the model of how we serve God. Multiple paths, multiple approaches, multiple customs, languages. There are some Jews who are more philosophical in their orientation, some Jews who are more intellectual, some Jews who are more emotional, some who are more analytic, some who are more simple. They're Ashkenazim, they're Hasidim, they're Sephardim, they're every other traditional group and label that you can think of with overlap between all of them. We are all stones separated only by our externals, but all joined together to serve God as one altar, as one edifice. Rav Cook was the leader most known for seeing the beauty 
and holiness in every Jew, every different kind of Jew, every different group of Jews. He was able to see the holiness in groups of Jews and in individual Jews when they did not see it themselves. And he devoted his life through his teaching and his example to placing one stone next to the other, on top of the other, to create a magnificent edifice, a magnificent mosaic of Jews serving God in all sorts of ways. Creating, like Yaakov did, an altar instead of a monument. And reinvigorating this paradigm for our era, that's what Rav Kook achieved. And that's what was initiated by Yaakov in our Parsha, by building an altar and not a monument. My friends, we need to try to work on that in the way that we look at each other in the way that we appreciate what each of us brings with our own distinct strengths, abilities, character, points of view, all with one goal, serving one God. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a beautiful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.